Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. And I'm Jolly Paul. Welcome to episode 103. We have been to Shudder and we're going to be reviewing the movie Virus 32. And our something to scream about, we are looking at horror movies that involve gas stations. And our movie from the vault is Demons from 1985. How are you guys? You're right. Right, all good here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking Benny Hill show. Oh mate, it's yeah, it's been a good a good couple of weeks. I haven't watched um, too much stuff. Been um, mainly watching the American Office, really. But um, I did uh, I did catch um, an alternative to Virus Thirty Two. There was another movie that I checked out on uh, Shudder called The Seed. Um, which I don't know if somebody, one of you has watched half of it because it was halfway through when I sort of like went in. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a really big contender, I think for, for the, potentially for the episode. Um, because it was like three girls, um, in like the middle of nowhere, it was shot in Malta and it involved like a really weird thing from space. Um, and it had some weird dodgy um society scenes in it as well like reminiscent from society it was well worth a watch if you get a chance cool awesome yeah similar but i haven't really had much time and when i have done i'm i'm sort of stuck in the middle of tv shows so like better call saul ozark picard and uh moon knight so i'm trying to get trying to get all them off my uh play it before I really hammer some films so yeah not not really a lot going on horror wise for us this week oh, well I've had quite a lot going on Woo! so well me and um, Butch managed to catch the Northman event uh, after all went to the cinema the other oh, night what did you it. think no I, I thought I thought it was really really good maybe, maybe a tad little long but visually and storytelling I thought and you know where it's made and the acting was phenomenal. Yeah, I could have, I could have easily done it on for a podcast episode. I thought there's a lot to break down and discuss, and I just think his style is so like dark, twisted, bleak. And I sort of, I don't know, like after doing the Lighthouse on the show, I thought this one could have been a contender to sort of get out there. I thought Skarsgård was fantastic. Um, yeah, William, like Defoe was great. It was really interesting to see like Ethan Hawke in like that sort of role. I don't know. I, I really, I did really like it, and I thought about it a lot. It's just so there and in your face. It's crazy. You were going to give it a ten, weren't you, Paul? Well, it, it, it missed out on a ten for obvious reasons. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Also, um, <laughs> a bit, a bit of a. It's not really a horror element or horror film, but I watched uh, the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the unheard tapes. It was quite interesting. Uh, about all the kind of um, loads of like tapes that have never been heard before and like a bit of a talking heads thing but it was interesting because they had actors talking with the tapes playing um, and it synced up really well but it was quite interesting really dark in places as well um, but yeah that, that was cool was that like showing a relationship with JFK and all that sort of stuff yeah it touched on that and stuff and it was just like saying how you know how she was in her life and what kind of person she was like and the people she used to hang around with and, and the, the reasons why there was so much talk around kind of was it was it suicide was it 
was it not was it just an accidental overdose or was it something more untoward and it's quite interesting um and it's only a short short kind of film but yeah it was, it was good it was it was good and other than that um horror wise not really much else i caught a good little movie called metal lords it was quite good <laughs> yeah i watched that too <laughs> really enjoyed that that was, that was really funny yeah um but yeah that's that's all i've been doing really quality stuff yeah. okay. all right should we get on to some uh news find out what's going been going out there in horror horror land matt you got anything for us um i have yes i read on the internet this thing called the internet and um there was a little thing about um, Evil Dead Rise, the new movie, um, which was quite interesting. Apparently, Sam Raimi's come out. And I just wrote it down here. I'll just grab it. Apparently, he's commented, commented saying it, it's terrifying and it's going to knock people's socks off. Apparently, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi sings high praise for the upcoming Evil Dead Rise. And that was recorded um by Fangoria as him saying that apparently yeah like a picture of the clapperboard so that would be quite interesting to know what that's like yeah I read that he saw like a rough cut um, oh really yeah so Lee, Lee Cronin um, is make is is the director of that um, and it's uh, what set to be released on HBO Max isn't it oh is it okay yeah. so yeah looking forward to that possibly possibly good um, there's Stranger Things crossover garbage pail kids coming out have you seen these i fucking saw those i i thought they're brilliant <laughs> it's really really cool so they've got four apparently four of them coming out so there's like there's a couple of names like demo gordon nice styling steve uh waff al waff al get it and uh devoted dustin but they all look really really cool like, I, I was a so. I was a big fan of the like garbage pail kids like stickers and stuff like that growing up. I thought it was fascinating. Oh yeah, I collected them all, man. Like yeah. loads of those stickers, and they came with bubble gum, didn't they? Yeah, I thought they were fucking awesome. And then the movie was was amazing, but I don't think you should go back and watch rewatch because they. Ain't. <laughs> I've got it on DVD. <laughs> you know, it's a U. Really? It's fucking garbage, though. It literally is garbage. <laughs> oh God. Um, and that's literally it terrified me as a child. Then <laughs> they were like there was like cabbage patch dolls. Oh wasn't well, it? just the alternative to cabbage patch dolls. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that's all I got. About them, just scared of shit out of it, so. <laughs> Oh well, I've got some. So a Quiet Place prequel has been announced Ooh. called Day One. So it's uh, obviously around the first day. Uh, obviously, there's a little flashback scene in Quiet Place Two. Uh, about the sort of the alien ship or meteorite landing and how it all kicked off, but this is around the first day of that, so on a bigger scale. So it's not, it's just a complete spin off. There's no characters sort of from the existing franchise in it. And Krasinski's producing, I'm not sure who's directing it, but John Krasinski's um, producing it. So yeah. I think it's just a stopgap before he writes and directs the third one, if I'm honest. But uh, So like yeah. an origin story type thing. Yeah, I think, like I said, it's, it's just like day one so as it all boots off so the first day of this yeah the snippet that we got in quiet place 2 was fucking was awesome so uh, let me good to see more of that i can imagine there'll be a massive kill count on it (laughs) Mm. um and then the uh, i've got a couple bits the david cronenberg film crimes of the future that was um 
announced. We talked about that last episode, but Paul, you'll be well happy. It's been rated R for extreme violence and explicit nudity. <laughs> well, yeah, count me in. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that sounds like it's going to be... A hard R, it says. Yeah, so look forward to that. And then I, I don't know if this is this is a rumour. I don't think there's any sort of hardcore fact around it. But apparently, uh, after sort of test screens from Doctor Strange, um, obviously, which we haven't seen yet, but apparently from test screenings, uh, Disney was so... Um, pleased with sort of the horror tones around the film that and react uh, the audience reaction to some of the scary bits or, or whatever it is that apparently they're looking at maybe doing something in the star wars universe which i'm all in for obviously but yeah so like mm-hmm. a horror take on a star wars film series one-off whatever but i don't know so all for that yeah definitely up for that but yeah that's all the I'll news that, yeah it's like that one episode like a random Sith Lord just wiping out loads of people, or <laughs> you know, maybe Vader going off like. Well, there was that one episode of uh, Mandalorian, wasn't there, where it focused on that giant fucking spider with all the other spiders. Mm. That yeah. episode was awesome. Yeah, I agree. That was really really cool, and that had like a horror, a kind of horror tone to it, like almost the thing kind of type feel to it. Yeah. yeah, I don't like. I don't know if it's got good. legs, but I just read it today and I thought it'd be worth dropping in there. So definitely cool. Well, you stole quite a, most of my news, but that's fine. Um, that's what. I, but I've got one more bit to Stop. discuss. The um, latest announcement from Blumhouse and from production perspective with, with James Wan, the Megan movie that we've seen the poster for, <laughs> which just looks weird. So we got another doll movie coming out in january uh 2023 um and it's basically it's basically a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on its life of its loan it's ai but the 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 doll itself is just so ridiculously lifelike i think it might be actually played by a real person but i'm not 100 percent sure on on the cast list it has got a cat you know an actor so whether it's voiced i don't know but it does look really super creepy i love a little doll movie I mean, it's worth noting that <laughs> all the Robert movies have just uh, popped up onto <laughs> uh, Netflix, if anyone fancies any of them. We, we've reviewed the first one. Um, I remember that uh, uh, treat that we did. So uh, the rest of them um, are available on Netflix now, if you really fancy it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run and watch them. So, Is that Robert one. film the worst film you've ever rated on the podcast, though? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it might be, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pile of shit um <laughs> there you go all right that's cool um nice bit of news um some good announcements there let's move on to our main review Okay, guys, so this week um, we went to Shudder and uh, we picked an Argentinian movie, I believe, called Virus 32. 
So a quick synopsis, a rapid spreading virus which transforms people into intelligent, ultraviolet, extra fast zombie hunters. After each wave of attack by the monsters, they're left incapacitated for 32 seconds while they recover their strength. Ooh. I'm kind of glad I didn't read that synopsis before I saw the film. Yeah, me too. That kind of spoiled it a bit, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it took a while to sort of get that, um, what the 32 actually meant in the movie. So so this film starts kind of like with what we see is it's like following a woman in an apartment, right? Who's, who's well, I thought was living on her own or she's living with, with another woman in an apartment. And it seems like um, she's her child's getting dropped to her from her is is it a husband or a boyfriend or they split they they look like they've been split up right um from what i got from it it was um a husband i didn't know if that they you know they had a little kiss kiss as well i just think they just got a she's quite a lively like person that personality who just sort of kind of does what she kind of yeah. always wants i just but think I, they've got I, that sort of I, I got that they don't live with each other. That's the whole point. I, I, don't yeah. think, I think they'd separate, separate at some point, but they still kind of have a strong connection to each other. Just thought that was worth noting because I, I was getting mixed messages. I don't know whether it's because of the language barrier kind of thing and reading subtitles. But yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. Something that's not explained. But you're right. It was, it's essentially follows... Um... Iris. <laughs> follows iris and her daughter um it, it, it's sort of really interesting sort of camera work at the start i thought like the whole thing panning around the room sets it, it sets an interesting tone like something's going to happen it's all, that's what i thought was quite reminiscent of like wreck in the way mm. it's going through the walls and stuff wasn't it mm. so they were playing around so the production value looked fantastic from the start that's what sort of like got me um even like moving on from that where they sort of pan over the city as sort of something you you get the feeling that something is happening you don't know what but something is definitely happening and i quite like the subtlety of that the opening sort of uh five ten minutes of it um but essentially it follows like iris around um and a daughter as she's going to work and this virus is obviously escaping out in the outside of what she does um and it's there it's sort of like cat ends up being sort of cat and mouse horror movie um where they're sort of hiding um, and trying to survive in a sort of massive, I want to say, clubhouse, gymnasium. It's a leisure centre. Is that what it is? I and think so. Because she was saying a club. And I, uh, when she said, I'm going to work in a club, I thought, she's a stripper. <laughs> I, I, thought it was a night, I, I assumed it was a nightclub. But it is, it's a, I've got to say, it's a pretty shit club to, to have a, 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 a kind of, what I guess is she's kind of a security guard. Yeah. And it's, proper rundown shit off it is a really rundown like a, it looked, felt abandoned yeah to me. i was like why do you need a security guard on this shit off like this and it was so big and maybe the the problem is that it's like it's one of those things where they are using it or they're gonna use it and so they needed somebody to keep people out yeah maybe like squatters and stuff because, I mean, that's one thing I will say. The the, the, the actual place it was shot, like, some of the sets were, were really cool. Yeah. Like, looked awesome. Like, really nice. Really, really good sets. Yeah, I think it was, like, a, it was either run down or derelict or 
like you said, probably I don't know that they were keeping ha- the building. Work to, done. Yeah, to make sure people didn't come in and wreck it or. Yeah, because there was a guy obviously before that she sort of hands over. So they're obviously twenty four hour looking after the building. Probably just making sure no one gets in. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, the the whole uh, fingerprint, are, you know, the foreshadowing with the sort of fingerprints and stuff like that. You know, where the where she has to sort of log in as she goes along, so you can sort of understand where she's been and where who someone has actually been. I thought that was quite a nice touch it did sort of give a kind of nice edge to the creepiness a bit later proper proper high tech as well the cameras aren't they yeah <laughs> like i'm like they really want to protect this place <laughs> it's like recording cameras with an app to go with it and everything yeah it was a really like you said matt it was a fucking great location to mm. shoot a horror movie and shoot this sort of kind of movie um and that's why i thought it's like we should definitely like talk about it. lots to talk about in it um and there was lots of like early tension and stuff like that and it wasn't like immediate in your face you you knew that there was something going on off camera and that was sort of what was going on you re- you want to know like when iris is going to realize and she's sort of quite an interesting character i i, I liked her so yeah i, I quite liked her well, it's quite well, a nice like... progression isn't it because she starts off as a bit of a knobhead you think she's just a neglectful mother doesn't she don't you really that's the start it's like oh I forgot I was supposed to be looking after you, but you can come to work with me today because your dad's dropped you off. And, you know, it leaves our daughter in the middle of a bloody basketball court that from hell. <laughs> and then the lights go off and she's like, I'm scared. She's like, don't worry, I'll put them on. And, you know, it, it, it's not exactly that she's not going to win prizes for mother of the year. But then obviously right. as it goes on and she sort of realises her responsibility and then you find out a bit of a sort of tragic backstory of why she's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, so I think when you were saying that she's separate, I think yeah, she still loves her husband, but I think she's removed herself from the family unit or whatever to go off the rails a bit. That's what I That's think because there, there's one point where um, you see that she's tried to slit her wrists because she's got yeah. scars on her wrists, and obviously that that's why I said about earlier. It seems like obviously whatever's happened has broke the family apart um, and made her go off the rails a bit. Um, and that's why they're they're not you get that kind of from the beginning don't you that they're not a, a full unit no but she but like you said the journey that we go on with her is like this she is ends up being tenacious in her sort of um and and resourceful in her approach to sort of like trying to get back to her daughter and there's an incredible sort of like um fight for that and you really feel it i, I really wanted it. i was really rooting for her and stuff like that. and even to the point where you sort of there's a few twists and turns that were discussed later that you're like fuck okay how dark is this going to actually go <laughs> and mm. it does go quite dark i mean you know let, when we when it all sort of kicks off that sort of initial bit with a cat fuck yeah, hell. that was uh that, i did not expect that um that this is where we sort of i guess almost start to understand what the 32 seconds is and what the actual what virus we're sort of dealing with and you can, it's quite a 28 days later sort of thing, very rageful, um, but with a added twist of um, once the rage has been sated, there's 32 seconds of calm. Is that essentially what you got? Yeah, from? yeah. I mean, I've, I felt it, it, you're right. It, it had a bit of um, 28 days later kind of feel. And then it also, what was the other film where the zombies stay still and they have to walk around them? Oh. Uh, 
God, my man's gone blank. Oh, not, not the crappy or the girl, the girl or something like that. No, they were me. Yeah, no, you're right. That's the one. The girl, yeah. The girl with all the gifts. The girl with all the gifts. Yeah, because yeah, it Sorry. reminded me of that when there is a part where they're walking around the zombies because they've got 32 seconds. And it's just like, yeah, that That was just like, it reminded me of that movie big time. It gave but, it, yeah. it, it was an interesting edge because I thought maybe this is going to be a bit silly. Um, but like, actually it created like quite a lot of tension in the in the movie and stuff like that when when there the, is a lot of build-up as well yeah. there's loads loads of bits where they're like where there's maybe a bit too much for me my liking there was a lot of like walking around peering around and lots of like build-up to these things and i get it but it was just it was, there's quite a lot of that i noticed kind of i found myself getting a little bit like oh <laughs> uh, you know there's another corner oh there's a, a zombie standing there i don't know if it's i've just had i've got a little bit of zombie kind of virus fatigue going on in my life because i've seen so much um but yeah uh, yeah yeah there was also really good standout scenes there was also a bit like that didn't get used and it was kind of almost like okay why do they bother with that with the water when she like escaped the water escape when he like figured out that somehow he's figured out that the uh one of the intruders you know that are trying to sort of survive survive there as well because there are some other people that actually make it in and aren't infected um and our i can't remember his name now it's not nico but louise right yeah. so he, he's like he's he um she's getting chased by one of the guys with virus and he dives and pushes her into the pool and then the thing drowns and it's like ah oh, they can drown and i thought maybe that might come in handy later but mm. it didn't really seem to like be picked up again because you could, um, they could have done because obviously there's quite a build up towards the end where they obviously spunked a lot of their budget on kind of virus infected zombies, whatever they are. And that would have been a cool scene. Like, literally, if all those kind of zombies and she just dives in the pool. Yeah, I thought that. Imagine the visuals on that. And they're all like hundreds of them are just diving in the pool and it's just a whole pool of fucking crazy drought. That would have been, that's good. That's a good thought. They should have done that. Yeah, I thought I saw that. Sure. I thought when they, I thought it did. I did thought that was going to be a thing, but it didn't turn out. Yeah, because they really, really made a point of it as well. Maybe they were thinking that, and then they decided not to go with it. But that was a nice twist with the with the with Luis's wife, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, that out. was. I thought that was great because she was. He was literally like, "Come and help my wife," and going through the whole like she's you find out she's pregnant and he needs he, he needs to help help to be delivered and you think well and he's like don't worry i'll do it all i've read all the books and she's I like knew, oh, i knew okay, straight okay. away i knew what it was going to be <laughs> and then you find out that she's like one of the infected and she's about to give birth and yeah that's uh tragic although I didn't care for the cgi baby Mm, I know what you mean. It's an and it was it's an added complication and it was a weird it was a weird way it I went. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I don't, I just I don't know what it is with like babies when I see babies like in peril. I thought the baby I, I don't like it. I thought it was gonna be a goner. I thought they were gonna go I thought they were gonna there. fall like I was about to give it like a fucking nine because <laughs> I thought she was gonna ravage the baby like literally yeah. and I was like, there's no way they can show that. Yeah, I thought she was going to crush his head. Well, it looked like she was for a bit, didn't it? It looked like she yeah. was squishing it. And it was like, I didn't like it, man. It was like, oh, God, it looks too kind of like. Well, he's a bit. I thought Luis is like 
character was an interesting one because he was sort of helped her, but obviously he was selfish in his reasons, and he was a bit of a creep in the in in the end, really. Like because he's he knows where her daughter is, and he's sort of like holding her holding her ransom until you know she she helps give birth. But you get that you get that whole feeling that he is slightly unhinged because he's like yeah, he literally tries to fucking strangle her. It's that yeah. zombie apocalypse thing, though, isn't it? It's that it turns like normally decent lads, decent fellas, and or decent women into just mental people. They can't have, they lose their hinge on reality, trying to cling on to whatever reality yeah. they had. It's that age old yeah. thing, isn't it? It's like are people worse than the actual thing that's trying to get you? Well, yeah. One one question I did have is like you know the scene in the empty pool, like when the wife was chained to the um wheelchair wheelchair fucking hell yeah wheelchair um the the other virus came up to her and recognized her as the, had the virus but then started sniffing around her stomach so if he hadn't come out of nowhere do you think the well she other... screamed didn't she iris screamed to get the zombie to yeah. her, and then he came from nowhere but do you think yeah, because... like if it, nothing had happened she would have ripped the stomach out and gone for the yeah bait? I reckon well, she had a knife in her hand, didn't she? So I think because she could smell or sense that there was an like a live person, and it, and also uh, Louise did touch. She said like obviously because she was tied down because he caught her clawing at her own stomach, so that's why her hands were tied down, not just to get not to get away, was just to stop tearing the, to tear the baby out. Fucking hell! So that was that was good. That was a good. I like that little twist on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, because um, these zombies don't eat people; they're just violently violent yeah. oh yeah and i mean a couple of the violent scenes that we can talk about is one was the tragedy which i really i was i had forgot about the security cameras picking up on the uh the chap and his daughter in the place i had forgotten about that um so when she went into that furnace room and i'm like i'm with her i'm like oh my fucking word what She's been thrown into the goddamn furnace. I was like, shit. They, I, was, I had to give it almost my round of applause and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, hang on. It's not, it can't be as simple as that. And she's got to be somewhere. And then she follows, obviously, all the lights. You know, that's well, it the, goes proper 28 days later with the music as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I thought that was going to be it. I thought, I thought, wow, this, I was, again, I was like, this, this has gone somewhere now. And I was like, she's going to go full on rage and start just, picking off like kind of like just go mental like just total blood fest yeah this is where i thought it it kind of almost ended like four or five times after you know from that i thought there was a couple of endings that they could have gone in, gone into um and i thought it's still very dark the fact that there's a little kid that's been thrown into the furnace anyway i thought that was still quite dark but like when she does <laughs> discover her daughter tata tatia was it tatia i think her name is tata Tata. Um, there was a great there's a great idea of the rats so because what they 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 say they say their rage through anything like we saw with the cat earlier so they, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is it's like if it smashes it it then chills out for like uh 32 seconds so when she let the rats go and they all, and she got that time to pass through um i thought that was like absolute genius and stuff like that but she didn't she didn't rush which i thought you know i suppose it's a horror movie there's, there's that but um, yeah, one little grumble I had though about just going back a bit. The what Matt said there was a lot of build up, so I think probably because there was loads of build up and they sort of had to get on with it. 
her deduction of the 32 seconds was very quick. <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes quick. Well, seeing br- two videos and just suddenly putting it together, saying, oh, well, I've got 32 seconds. Like, in the state of panic you are, in the state of terror you are, I just thought that was a little bit, it was a little bit too quick for me. Whereas I think maybe if you didn't build it up so much, she could have had more encounters with people like that and put it together through three or four people rather than just one experience right next to her and then the other, like, just seeing it on a, putting it together in her head from a uh, CCTV image you saw 10 minutes it's, ago. It's like, it's like they needed that, didn't they, just to move the story Yeah, I've got no, I thought it was really clever the way they did it. I thought yeah. it was quite a nice little touch, but it just the way she got there really quickly, it was, quick. <laughs> it was a bit like, yeah. it just sort of, hit me a bit but yeah that's fair fair comment um but i mean that i just have that brutality of the last scene i thought was fucking was really really sold this movie for me when she's like sacrifices herself for the daughter even the daughter really fucking does made when they watch oh 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 you know (laughs) you know that that fucking moment but like she got the fucking shit kicked out of her yeah it's like brutal like i know you don't see any of the impact and stuff like that but you I but felt, that's, that's what it is though it's what you see in your head i felt it's it like you hear the noise in it and it's just like oh fuck and it's kind of clever i like that bit because she's like she's like oh, it shows what she will do to to save her daughter and what length she'll go to um and it's like she's been given a second chance kind of to save this daughter because obviously we find out that they lost the child and she keeps blaming herself because of it and it's kind of this is a redeeming point to kind of because I really thought in my head I thought you know she's going to get killed and possibly the girl might have to go alone with the baby or something. Um, I really did, but but yeah, it went the other way, which is cool. But I thought they copped out a bit on that, to be honest. <laughs> I thought I thought she was dead, and then I, it, when when she because obviously she he has a bit of violence and then stops. For 32 seconds, Tata grabs a staple gun and staples him in the head. The zombie's dead, and then all of a sudden, your mom's Fucking still alive. Staples. Why would the Why would the zombie stop before she was dead? Mm. You make a good point. I, I thought. Is, I just thought it was. I just thought it was a, ni- a nicer ending than potentially it could have been. I think what Matt said, you were right to give it a nine out of ten for crushing, like for going mental with a baby. I definitely think there was elements if they'd have cranked up a bit of the what the fuck moments right yeah this film would have been on an, another level it, it just uh, he was standing on her head like proper stand like stamping, gangster yeah, stand, yeah. like curb stomping her and i just thought oh my god like her face is going to be like done in Uprised. yeah yeah he, even the damage to her when she got up just looked like she'd had a bit of a kick in it didn't look like the pure because uh, you're right, it was, oh, Jesus, this is, oh, my God. Like, And our daughter's obviously waiting for, because she knows that after she's dead, it's 32 seconds for her daughter to get away. And she's sort of stood there, and you think, oh, Jesus, this is going to be brutal. But then I just thought I copped out. You, you, you again, cracking, it's like the what-the-fuck moments, I think, could have stepped this into another level. It could, it could if it yeah. had those, it could be stepping up to that sort of thing where, you know, like, martyrs sort of level like um what's the other one called the one uh, switchblade romance we're getting into that level it, it almost wanted to go into that extreme kind of area but it just kind of stepped away from it a little bit 
Yeah, instead they gave us a, a nice sort of rounded redemption sort of story. Because then, then it goes on again. Yeah. It's like another ending. <laughs> it's like, you know, because they, they need to get out and, you know, they, they the whole point is they want to get in this car. Um, so but they, then, they want to get a boat, basically, don't they? Yeah, So, but then, then they're kind of like bait and switch it, don't they? So they pretend they're in the car and you think they're in the car and the zombies come out of the the um ambulance and attack the car while and then there's no one in the car which was kind of a cool little twist so they could run away but then you find out that there's no point in them going to the boat because you you made in the swimming pool suddenly becomes alive again mm. did you forget that bit yeah another ending <laughs> so they don't drown they they maybe it puts them in a bit of a a longer common effect but they don't die and then there's that killable. long shot when it comes out of the port of just uh, loads of flames. and So th- to be honest, they've created this like world essentially now of this is happening. So like you could you could easily see a, a virus 33 or a virus 34, you know, like a virus 32 too. don't know if that, that works as a tile, but they've definitely opened it up. But it did just, it just left me a bit... Ah, the, the, they're going to be all right rather than what the hell is this child going to do with this baby? Yeah, I know what I mean. That's what I wanted. I wanted to just to be standing on a rooftop going, uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> but because these, these zombies can think. They know how to, you know, solve problems. They can manipulate. Almost, like... almost with them, it seems like there's still got a little bit of, of human in them because they're kind of like their faces after they've beat someone to that it looks like they've got a bit of remorse in their face which was weird it's like they've still got a little bit of human element in them i don't know if you got that but i got that like after they beat them, maybe they that's just... what the calm is maybe that's all mm. the the virus's energy is being like trying to stop it and then yeah try, and then yeah. the human element stopping them like thinking what the hell's going on and the virus then takes them back over because mm. the, the the main bad guy as it were that you know the zombie that she encounters at the start with a cat and then he's like tracking her and he gets her at the end um he like does this weird wrist sort of tapping did you know mm. and none of the others did it was like this like wrist tapping together like as in, yeah. i don't know where that came from it's almost like mm. it, whether he's communicating or trying to communicate her in some way I, I, I don't know but there's definitely definitely other things to explore with this sort of like this sort of film i thought it definitely opened it up to to more films or whatever yeah and i, and I think it was well productionized and good uh good quality of um direction good quality of cinematography and and good choice of music and i, I thought it's a, a very rounded good movie like, like you said it could have been um a what the fuck i mean let's go you have to see this because of this but, yeah but that's fine <laughs> I reckon if you asked, you'd probably find that the studio or someone over them said, no, you can't, you have it's to make it much. a bit more, yeah. please. You know, that type of ending, which I wish they'd stop doing. Of just, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Because mm-hmm. they pushed it right to the brink, and I suppose that was a bit of the genius of the film. They, they made you think they were going to do it. But then I suppose they build up the anticipation, and you get the rug pulled from you a bit. You're like, oh. Mm. oh. But, uh, well, good discussion, though. Good work, movie to uh, review. I, I, li- I did like this one. What about um where where would you um where would it fall on the the breath meter? Go on, Paul. Um, Jordy, Paul, you go first. Well, I actually really enjoyed it. 
I did. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. Um, and it, like you said, but it just just needed that extra factor to be to be fantastic. So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Nice. I think for me, seven, pushing an eight, perhaps. But yeah, seven, I think is quite fair. Totally. I think it just needed a little bit more of a push to kind of go, what the fuck? And then like really. But yeah, I fucking thoroughly enjoyed this one. Seven out of ten, defo. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, I thought it's um, although there's so much of stuff been done, it's obviously hard to find stuff that hasn't been done. Mm. Um, and we haven't really reviewed that many Argentinian films, have we? Maybe, possibly one, maybe. I'm not sure. But it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I liked her as a character as well. Um, I felt that she was kind of like it was easy to watch her and and kind of like Paul said, you hate kind of didn't like her at the start, and then by the end of it, you're kind of rooting for her. <clears throat> so that kind of won me over a, a bit with that. Um, but yeah, I'd go, with, I'd go with seven breaths out of ten for definite. Fair. So draw enough breaths seven out of ten. Yeah, nice one. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that was a very good recommendation. I mean, well. honestly, if we'd watched The Seed, I think you would not have been disappointed either. It, was, it would have been a very different discussion because it was very, um, it was funny. It was weird. So funny and weird would have been just as good as sort of serious and and like thing, but before we end, I, I, I like I think Virus Thirty Two won it for me a little bit. Um, okay, so next episode's main review. <laughs> what are we What are we reviewing, Matthew? We are reviewing finally another Marvel film, Doctor Strange. Because I don't um, care what anybody says, it's got fucking gonna have horror in it. So fuck off. <laughs> it's got. It's directed by the great Sam Raimi. I'm not exactly. saying that like we would have uh, reviewed Spider Man back in the day, but like. Uh, I mean, it was a horror story in Spider-Man 3, but whatever. But, like, this one is being pitched as a sort of, like, quite an edgy horror movie. Um, It's delving into that horror realm. So, Multiverse of Madness, here we come. Okay, so, next, we're going to go into our Something to Scream About. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? All right, this episode, something to scream about. I fancied, I don't know, after watching, come and watch it, what movie? X, I think it was, and I was like, fuck. There's a lot of fucking gas stations in movies, or like where they just pull over to the side of the road before they get to the part. And there's always that like um, funny altercation, you know, these memorable characters that you get in these backward towns that they go on the way. Um, and I thought, and I delved quite deep into it. Well, not, not too deep, but I did go in. There's a quite, there's actually quite a few um, people that have done like some decent blogs on gas stations in horror movies. That I've had a little, little shifty through and stuff like that so it was quite it's obviously got a nice little sub sub genre um and there's been quite a lot if you think about it and put pen to paper there's um there's quite a lot of moments in horror movies where they sort of do start at that that gas station or there's gas station moments in horrors that are like memorable um so yeah let's um let's find out what your favorite moments let's go to geordie paul first come on i want to say your moment that you want to talk about well, I when you first sort of mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, just as passing straight shot straight into my head, and 
I love this film, and I haven't. I, to be fair, I haven't seen it for a while, but um, I, I stuck it on the other day just, and I only watched the. It's the first 10, 15 minutes of it because that's where the gas station is. So my favourite gas station moment in a horror film is From Dusk Till Dawn. Ooh. Oh, see, I thought you were going to go for something else. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay. No, definitely. So it's just sprang to mind straight away when you said that. I thought that's definitely the one. Now, you know, some would argue From Dusk Till Dawn might not be a horror film. Um, nah, vampires, mate. It fits in the genre. Well, Perfect. That's it. So I just think it's brilliant. I just think it's so well written obviously tarantino's fingers all over it just the dialogue with the sheriff and the 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 shopkeeper and then obviously he's seeing he's tracking these two two people who broke out of prison and you know he's like that back and forth between them and the shopkeeper's like oh yeah right cool well you know hope you get them and then he goes to the toilet and then Clooney and tarantino come out with the hostages and they're like uh what you like are you trying to Get get yourself killed, like get rid of him. He's like the sheriff, get rid of him. And he's and it's the, the dialogue, you know. It's like I couldn't have said anything about, like I couldn't say get rid of him. If I said get rid of him, he'd know that something else was wrong. And he just, he just, it's so good. And then obviously Tarantino goes mental, shoots the sheriff in the head, and he's like, "What did you do that for?" He says, "He mouthed help us." And then it's like, "I didn't know, I, yeah, I didn't fucking say help us." And it's and it's just like he did, and and. Then it all kicks off. He gets the gun out, shoots Tarantino in the hand. Then it all goes mental. And then he's he's like, he shouted, help us. And then he's like, I didn't fucking shout, help us. And then Clooney's like, doesn't matter now because you've got about four seconds to live. I just love it. And then obviously all the shit goes. And then they bust out of the, uh, the, the hostages. They let go, to be fair. The guy dies behind the, the He set them on fire behind the counter. Then the whole gas station blows up. They drive away, and then that music's like, oh, it's amazing. So yeah, it's definitely cracking start to a movie. I fucking love that movie. Seth is, is it Seth? Seth, yeah. Seth. Oh, he's and he's he's, he's such his brother's such a like Tarantino plays such a douche. I fucking love it. He's like the pain in the ass brother who just basically wants to cause fucking shit and he's already done that because they've had the kid well, that's fucking evil isn't he as well evil bastard yeah it's fucking nuts man that's a great pick and i did yeah. not expect that so that is fucking fantastic that's yeah that pick. is a good pick yeah, but, yeah they, and that that duo as well like george clooney straight out of fucking er like <laughs> yeah yeah, Tarantino with that pretty... tattoo, man, that everyone fucking loves, man. That tattoo, uh, yeah. Like, no. yeah, that tattoo, and like, uh, j- j- and he's just so cool in it. He's just mm. so cool, mm. um, and like instantly likable, even though he's a bit of a bastard. But... I haven't thought about that for a rewatch. You know, that's fucking got to be one that we've got to do at some point. Hundred percent. I thought we'd done it. <laughs> no, we haven't done it. My <laughs> one's my copy signed by oh. uh, yeah. So I got a signed copy. My sex right. machine himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, great, awesome. great pick. Awesome. I'm glad you brought that one to the table, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Good. Matt, let's see yours. So mine's mine's more of a, you know, I I was trawling through a lot of things, um, and mine's more of a scene in a horror movie um, that I absolutely love, and every time I watch it, it makes me fucking piss myself every time. Is Captain Spal- uh, Spalding, Captain Spalding from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, the opening scene though, where the two guys come to rob, rob the gas station. It's like out of all the gas stations they decide to rob, they go into Captain Spalding's, like probably the the most ruthless fucking murderer 
joined to the fucking Fireflies family. And it's like, it's the way they come in and they're just like, he's, he's like, you don't give a fuck. And they're just going, give me all your money, give us all your money. And he's just like, fuck your mama. <laughs> and then they, they, they keep going on about it. And he goes, fuck your grandma. <laughs> and then they still keep going, give me the money. And then there's a, the dialogue is amazing. I know, like, you know, you touched on the dialogue on, on your film, Paul. But this dialogue is fucking hilarious because then the other guy comes out of the toilet and realizes that he notices, he knows which one, like, which one of them is a, a guy that lives around the corner and he's got a, a nickname. <laughs> and, and then and it just turns into this almost comic moment. And then, and then literally in the end, he's just like, like, um, oh, what does he says? Um, they, he, he's like, he just takes off his mask at the end. Little pen. He just takes the piss out of him, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he just takes his mask off. And then out of nowhere, this guy just busts him with a massive paper mache cat clown like mask on his head and just brains the guy. And then the best part of it is the Captain Spaulding just like leans over him and he goes, and most of all, fuck you. But it's just, it's just like the whole, like, just the whole kind of way it's shot and it's just like close up of his face and the way that that character is and the Rob Zombie's just like writing is fucking unbelievable it's just brilliant totally and yeah. you could have picked that scene or the one with Rain Wilson and that stuff exactly like, it's just yeah. fucking nice but yeah that that opening sequence is fucking great man and it's the most fucked up gas station you go because there's on one side there's like a chicken shop <laughs> and then on the other side he's got a freak show in the back yeah like the weirdest fucking freak show very strange but like you're almost when you watch it, you're like you, you. When I first watched it, I really didn't like Captain Spaulding. I thought, oh, he's fucking creepy, he's a clown. But when you like watch the whole film, and then you watch kind of the other movies, you end up like really liking him as a character, just because he's fucking funny as fuck. But yeah, I thought that was great. What about you, Mister Butch? What you got? Uh, I've got, got a few honourable mentions to first sort of talk about because I did obviously delve into this a little bit, and I think you're you're smile at a few of these when you remember them um but obviously uh when we watched that dutch horror movie tailgate oh yeah when he comes in and confronts the family oh that's fucking apologies. that is nuts um i don't know if this is so much a gas station but it's definitely a convenience store um cabin fever do you remember that one where he like tries to go for help and there's that little blonde kid who does this weird karate sequence and then bites him it's so weird that stuck with me that scene um and he's so bonkers and backwards and that that haircut is just f- fabulous pancakes 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 it's fucking <laughs> weird man um cabin in the woods man you know that's a great scene is obviously he's there as the cover but that, that weird character of the bold ones sort of just he just sticks with you a little bit obviously you get the same texas chainsaw massacre and the hills of eyes those sort of edgy ones um but i sort of went with um uh, dawn of the dead um with the helicopter obviously a little bit different with a car but they when they stop and they fill up oh man uh, yes some... what, a, what a scene fucking i mean forget about when they go into the canteen and you've got to kill a kid <laughs> but you know you get that awesome um like kill with the zombie with the helicopter um like blade that sort of chops the top of his head off and stuff like that mm. i i just think that one for me just sticks sticks with sticks with you but yeah tailgate though tailgate was a close one because that fucking scene was so 
awkward that could happen isn't it it's just like if you have a bit of road rage and then you meet that person in a gas station it's very fucking awkward jordy paul i'm surprised you didn't go with like tremors ah well yeah (laughs) good old norman yeah no definitely (laughs) grab points it was in there but i just it's it's just it's funny i didn't really spend the ages thinking about it because of when you first mentioned it from just a launch went straight into my head and just lodged there so i have got an honorable mention it's not it's not a horror film at all but it's you talk about tension in gas station scenes the one in no country for old men oh with yeah. the old man with his with their javier bardem where he's like flipping Bitcoin. a coin to yeah, see if he's going to shoot him with that gas cylinder oh, that's just tense man so yeah that was the other one i thought of Cracking. There's been there's so much, so many. They seem to use that as such a cool little for these really bonkers, bizarre characters. There's some absolutely weird moments that they actually use, use and utilize. I think it's a great, great way for a transition. You get these backwards, creepy characters and stuff that would sort of just stick with you. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting topic, and I think it's definitely something that I'm going to note watching horror movies going forward on those sorts of scenes. Mm. So, wrong, wrong. But it's quite good for building tension, though, because it's that whole like especially when you, you, people are on like road trips in like america or australia or something where you there's they don't, they don't see anyone for miles and miles and miles and then they rock up to a gas station and it's always a bit dirty a bit creaky a bit old and then if you whack in a weirdo in there or a weird situation in the only place people are it's just a really good vehicle to go yeah you're so screwed <laughs> yeah and you often get you could get anything there as well like you've got captain spaulding with the chicken and the freak show you could also get you know the diner in um uh jeepers creepers and stuff like that and you were going to mention wrong turn weren't you matt as well yeah wrong turn is that's creepy but technically right could you get away with the mist is there a gas station attached to that yeah there is the mist i mean it's it's a supermarket but there isn't there is a gas station outside of all the cars that's what i thought I'd have accepted that (laughs) another honorable mention is the it's not really much of a, a kind of in-depth scene but as as a a sequence as shot for real for real is the 28 days days later gas station well petrol station explosion at the start because that was a real station like kind of that they made and blew up and it's fucking insane it's where they hide don't they effectively go in but then you see all those running people burning from Mm. the actual station pretty mad there's an aerial shot of it and it's just fucking crazy they sort of do a similar thing in uh, the Zack Schneider's remake, Dawn of the Dead, mm. um, where they get a car spirals out of control, so and it blows up. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great use for a multi-use. Again, Dawn of Death. You could say like you know the whole fucking like um, when they're moving the trucks, getting the yeah. petrol, and then getting in the trucks and driving back and forth. That's fucking intense. That scene mm. when they're Cracking. trying to block the entrance. It's a great, no, great little discussion point. All right, cool. I'm glad we talked about that. Um, okay, I think it's time to move on to our movie from the vault. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. 
Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Okay, so this episode's movie from the vault is uh, Demons from 1985. A group of random people are invited to a screening of a mysterious movie, only to find themselves trapped in a theatre with ravenous demons. Where are we going to start with this one? So this is um, this is a movie that was was it produced by um, Dario Argento? Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's a producer, and and then Lombardo Bava was the director. Now, this movie seems like it was aimed for a, the kind of American audiences. But am I right in saying it's it's kind of like Italian actors? Yeah, because it's I mean, overdubbed. It like it's shot in Italy, right? Yeah, shot in Italy, and it's um, over overdubbed as they do with they, when they take uh, the the Italian. Was film. it overdubbed, or was it, or were these actually actors talking English? No, this this was over. This was oh god, I'd have to have a look at the special effects. I have, I have an oh. answer for this. Oh, so god. this is a bit of this is a bit of a shout out to my friend Colm, who uh, lent me the. Blu-ray of Demons and Demons Two, so that's how I watched it. Um, and I was talking to him about the the dubbing on it, and he said that basically, um, what they would do is they would record they would record the the main the, the the actors acting in whatever language, right? Uh, so they would say we'll start out English, but then some of the scenes they may do in Italian or French or whatever the, whatever country they're in, and then what they would do to save money because they couldn't afford the extra tracks but they wanted it in different um regions and different markets they would do the dub and track over the whole film in the three separate languages it was released in right. so in parts of that film they aren't talking english but most of the parts they are talking english and then dubbing say, is just slightly that, off. lip syncing is yeah you can tell straight away if they're, if they're dubbed and this wasn't dubbed yeah up, so definitely not i think it was just a way of them saving money that they could, and then they could release it in America, and they could release it in the UK. They could release it, and like in the native Italy, and it, the whole, without having to like reshoot the scenes three or four times. Right. There's definitely scenes in the film they ain't talking English. Geordie, <laughs> <laughs> Paul for the Matt's facts. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, that's to be fair. That was only because I'd spoke to my friend. I wasn't there. Uh, don't want to piss on Max facts, <laughs> but that's why because yeah. I was. It, it sort of put me off the film a bit. While, while I was watching it, so I watched I watched the Blu-ray as well. Um, I, I don't know, Butcher. How did you watch this? I was going to watch my um, oh, I was going to watch my old director's cut. Yeah. Oh, look at this bad boy! I picked this up nice. years ago. It's got Demons One and Demons Two on it. Um, but I 
couldn't be bothered to put the PlayStation 4 together. Oh, that's nice. The Arrow version. Lovely. Um, so I watched it on Shudder. <laughs> so did you get the really like blunt title sequence right at the start? It's like just literally froze on the screen. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, whoa, that's intense straight away. <laughs> like, and that, obviously the movie opens up on an Italian subway. Like, I, I never knew their subway carts were like yellow. That was interesting. It looked like a taxi cab. Um, very, very, uh, very posh as well. Station she pulls up to. Even though she's shit scared no one on it. And, and thinks that she's going to be killed by any person that's like around her. She's very yeah, nervous. she's like the most scared person I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Um, her eyes are like always wide open, like really wide. Yeah, but she has been followed by a man with a metal face. That's <laughs> not, that's after she gets Yeah, off, even before bloody. that though, she's looking at everyone on the train going, oh, he's, he's, he's going to murder me. He's going to murder me. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it, was very, 80s, lads. it was a very 80s intro though a fucking great like sort of soundtrack to this movie oh don't uh, get me started yeah, well yeah billy idol fucking scorpions man it's quality um 1985 bang in the motley middle crew yeah motley crew exactly yeah. that's what i'm talking about um but it's definitely got that italian style of photography and stuff and where they're following the sort of bumpy cam and stuff like that it's sort of moving around it's it's very Gilio and stuff like that in in its approach um but yeah it's it's a fascinating sort of movie i i think um obviously it's like completely set most of it in a cinema which is like fantastic and it sort of follows these group of people that are in a cinema and they're watching a movie that is kind of reminiscent of what's happening in the in the cinema at the same time so it's sort of like art recreating life or whatever um it's like willy wonkers they get the golden yeah. ticket yes um and it's and it's this is the sort of start of the end of the world the way it's sort of like the 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 demons are coming arising i suppose um and but they're trapped in a fucking cool cinema i just thought what a place to sort of fight it out and duke it out i don't know i thought the cinema looked fucking uncomfortable <laughs> I thought I wouldn't want to see a film in there. Like literally, like the seats are all one level. They've got someone's back of their head right in, in front of you. There's people making out on the fucking back row. There's people proper, just chatting. Proper, like not even like we're talking not a PG thirteen makeout sesh. This is there's some there's some naughtiness going on in this makeout sesh. I definitely didn't pull those sorts of moves. I think in the cinema when I was when I was younger. Well, certainly uh, not next to a blind guy. Yes, with his wife. That was Mrs. hilarious. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, so I didn't, no. Just hang on. We got to talk about that because the blind guy, right? That's n- that's not his missus, is it? I thought it was his daughter. No, it was his, it was his daughter. But you don't find How that out it? until about yeah. half an hour, forty-five minutes later. You spent oh, the first going... That makes me feel even more gross now. Because I wrote in I here, that. I wrote Liz is cheating on on her blind husband in the cinema, that's and what? then later I changed it. Oh, daughter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's and I love the guy who just comes in and just gives that like look as if to say, "Hey!" And it's like, did you know he was arriving, or did it was just the first bloke that sat down next well, to you? That seems to be the place to pick up women because those two lads they did a great job, didn't they? They just suddenly started talking. Next thing you know, they're that's it. It's like we're their lifelong partners. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. The, the so yeah. Girls. So basically, I'll just get a backtrack. So Cheryl, who gets off the train, gets this movie ticket, and just t- gets a friend with. A friend who is the spitting image of Megan Fox. Really? 
I don't know. I didn't see that. Did you but, not think she uh, go and watch it again? And she's Megan the spit Fox, of Megan Megan Fox. Fox. She'll be Megan Fox's mother. Kathy. Uh, but yeah, Kathy. So they go, they leg it to the cinema. And then, uh, yeah, they can't get their Coca-Cola out of the um, vending machine until, what, is what it George? Like, sorry, what, what couldn't they get out of the vending machine? Roller that coaster. was Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Yeah, go on, Karen. A lot of product placement for Coca-Cola, but we'll get on to that later, which I'm really surprised at yeah. one, especially one scene, but we'll get on that later, Karen. Go on, vending um, machine. So, yeah, so George and, is it Ken? George and Ken? Yeah. Yeah, George and Ken decide that they're going to help them out and then go and sit next to them. <laughs> it's completely, like, unsubtly. Just weird. sat there. Hey. There's also a weird little scene, which I, I thought for some reason in my head that the um, cinema, what do you call it? The, the usher? Is she an usher? The one with the ginger hair and the green? In the yeah. green? I thought she was in on it. I thought she was part Same. of um, The way they sort of, like... Yeah, me too. The way they did that weird photography of her, like... I don't know, for whatever reason, playing with her leg, essentially. And I'm like, she just, the way she's looking at everyone, she's like, she's pla- she's the one who's planning this. That's what I thought. So that was a bit weird. I won't spoil it for later, but <laughs> she's definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I definitely thought she was in it and on it as well. Which uh, movie poster did you spot in the cinema? I saw the ACDC one. Uh, Nostra- Nosferatu's in there. Um, Metropolis. Did you see Terminator. No, I missed. No, I didn't see Terminator. I saw Metropolis. There's so. a Dario Gento movie one as well. I can't remember what it's called. No, Calm Before the Grave, something like that. I didn't see Terminator though. Yeah, it was definitely there. Just there, spotted out the corner of my eye. Cool. But yeah, so they get so there's a bike. It's obviously advertising a bit of the film, like a motorbike with a samurai sword and uh, a demon mask in a hand, and then. The token black guy from the 80s in a film, don't you? All sheets. Sheets. Well, apparently he's a pimp. He's a pimp, isn't he? And there is... Well, yeah, he's he's... definitely a pimp, but... (laughs) One of his his whores fires the mask on. Gets a face cut and she's the one... I mean, it's funny because in the movie when they sort of... That comes on and they're sort of... She's like realising, what the fuck? I've got a cut on my face. It's a really funny bit of dialogue, I thought. Um... They like pick the mask up and he's go. If you, whoever wears the, this becomes a demon. And then he's like, where does it say that? It says it right here. <laughs> whoever wears <laughs> this becomes a demon. And he's like, oh, okay. Because he can read Latin apparently straight yeah. away. <laughs> um, but there was some, there's some really fucking good special effects in this. Like throughout, that's got to be worth a shout. Like absolutely, some uh, fucking absolutely outstanding effects. Yeah, the pimple popping and stuff like that, and all the the facial decanting of gunk, um, and the colours that they. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're looking at the moment with Geordie Paul's background. That is that Kathy? Is that Kathy? I can't remember who that is. No, that's the second. That's the second whore. Oh, <laughs> the second was the second whore because she gets um, the first. So whore. Ro- Ros- Rosemary was the first whore, but I can't remember what the second whore was called. <laughs> a whore too. Um, gets it from gets it from hall one, <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually it's sort of like tran- the tran- after her transformation scene, which I just thought was absolutely incredible, um, with all the fangs and all the all the the close up of that, almost reminiscent of sort of like American wealth in London, the way they sort mm-hmm. of focus in on it. Um, chaos completely ensues, and it's fucking brilliant. 
like people are dying the front and center. I mean, people are being strangled together. Um, the daughter in it, the daughter's snogging that guy, and, and they're getting strangled in the same bit of rope. <laughs> That's whole whole one. But they're still that. snogging each other. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Because um, stop, and then there's like mob rule. I love all that bit. Mob rule. Stopping the let's let's go and find the camera operator. And uh, we must smash all the equipment because that's going to stop all this. <laughs> yeah, because I like, like the way, I did like the way they kind of like reminded me of a Twilight episode I watched once. It was like when they when they went to try and get out and they start tearing it down and it's just walls behind it. <laughs> that's fucking scary, man. Like literally, there's no way of getting out. It's like they are trapped. It's with such, all these fucking demons. It's such a good movie, man. Like it's it's so good in terms of that sort of cat and mouse death survival horror um you know barricading yourselves in as well as these really awesome demons just like going around and just causing shit um and then you get that weird side story which i don't know how necessary it is with um is it ripper and his crew in the car like i don't know what was going on here but they were like literally obviously trafficking coke as in the drug coke um, and there's just the, there's the weirdest scene with this one girl that's like punk there. She's a punk kind of girl. And like literally there's just coke all over the place. And then he starts bringing out this this kind of razor blade. And then um, she's getting a bit fruity with the uh, girl. which And it was just the strangest scene. Nina. And then, yeah. And then he cuts her. And a- I thought, accidentally? I thought he was going to do a nipple cut. I thought the nipple was coming off. Because you could cut, you can hang a coat on those nipples, mate. <laughs> literally, I don't know that. But was... like, literally, they were take, they were doing coke out of a coke can. I'm like, how the how did Coca Cola say that's cool? Go for it. Because it's shot in Italy, and they didn't see it. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. I was like, and they probably told them it was Coca Cola they were sniffing. <laughs> literally, it through their nose. Do you ever do that when you're a kid, like with sherbet? Your mate goes, oh, have you ever sniffed sherbet? It's, it's well cool. No, not my right. <laughs> not my fault, Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> Are you right? The, uh, the news. Yeah, like, they, I thought that with the introduction of the introduction of them, I thought it was going to sort of set up the second half and they were going to be rescued by them or they were going to, like... Did you feel that they... Did they feel they were setting them up to be sort of heroes at one stage? But they... Yeah. They, they definitely weren't. They're just like another l- bunch of pointless characters that they introduced for the, for fodder. <laughs> they ran away from the yeah, worst did, was... cops in humanity. <laughs> Literally, stop or I'm going to shoot. And then they don't do anything. Yeah. Fuck you, pig. <laughs> just like push them off. But they were, yeah. they were, they were in their car. They were in their car. They, I'm guessing they were trying to like, rob another car. I don't know what they were doing. I think yeah. they were trafficking drugs or something. <laughs> in Coke cans. Well, he definitely, yeah. they definitely stole that car because he was trying to get it. He was trying to hotwire it again to get away, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Took him ages. He's like, oh, officer, we're just, uh, we're just on our way. <laughs> but, yeah, it becomes an absolute gore fest, though. Like, we get at, when they actually get into the um, cinema, it does become an absolute gore fest from there, from then on, you know, to the point where you get this absolutely outstanding scene with Kathy. Um, we lose Kathy. Sorry. Um, and the de- that demon that comes out of her, it's just 
fucking awesome to watch. That, that was crazy. That's some yeah. fucking crazy effects going on there. What did you think about that, Paul? What do you think about the the special effects in this? How does it how does it sit with you? <laughs> You're dying for me to say this was rubbish, but I've been kind of, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely on the the right side of uh, schlocky horror for us. Uh, yeah, the effects were amazing. I thought that definitely the demon coming out of the body was the the highlight of it. The way like the the arched back and everything, and um, and I just thought that was going to be. But again, the only thing was, I thought that was gonna, he was going to be like king of them all, like leader of the demons, the uber demon. But he didn't really. It was just a random, yeah. another random demon. Um, and so a lot of this, a lot of stuff just happened in this film. But yeah, the, the effects were great. I thought, you know, the, we forgot about the poor blind man. Not only does his daughter run away and cop off with some greasy Italian fella, uh, he gets his non-working eyes poked out <laughs> by, by Rosemary. But yeah, he explains, doesn't he? He says, as they're all running around thinking of trying to think of what to do and how to get out and what's wrong, he, he explains that. How he knows this, I don't know, but that it's the theatre that's the problem, not the actual film they're showing. So the theatre's moving around and the theatre's almost like a character. Yeah. It doesn't really go into anything much more than telling you that. But, um, yeah. But then he manages to get out <laughs> and then he kills the coppers, doesn't he? Yeah. I thought, what about the hero moment, though? What about this random, random, so random hero moment? I did not exp- I It's so out of anywhere. Suddenly, you know, what's his name? George, great name, can wield a samurai sword on a bike and look so freaking cool. Because he does look his, cool. Plus, got his bird on the back. Yeah, as he's swiping he away. Turns into Rambo. He does. <laughs> he can totally take out all the. He takes out a lot of demons, just back and forth into the different screens, going down, driving down the seats. Hang on, yeah, driving over the seat. Yeah. So what? How is he doing that? It was such a cool scene. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I I loved it. I thought he's great. Good old George saving Cheryl on the back, and then you know he sort of fucks up. But you know, what? Explain to me this. What? Why was there a helicopter that crashed through the top of the cinema? <laughs> it it burst through the ceiling. <laughs> All I can get well, is because you hear all this sound going on. I don't know whether it, it's crashed on top of the theatre or landed on top of the theatre and gone through the floor. I mean, we know that there's a lot of shit going on outside. Like, the demons have now escaped. Yeah. Like, one demon escapes and that's it. It's the, it's, everything's happening. And, you know, that's, the why, that's why I assumed that it was, like, maybe a rescue helicopter <laughs> or it, it was just la- it literally crash-landed on top of the theatre. I don't know. And it's so freaking random, but it's so great as well because it's just like okay, and now we're gonna propel ourselves out of there. <laughs> now George is gonna use the the his Ramirez skills to turn the helicopter on first to kill the remaining demons <laughs> with the dodgy propellers that completely <laughs> broke for them work to slice the demons, and then he he creates a winch out of <laughs> amazing, amazing, it's, yeah. And they, it's you notice though as he's doing that and like he's on the bike, his shirt's like ripped but becomes like that tank top. So his like biceps are right. So it's proper like John Rambo at eighties like it, Arnie it, type of hero. Reminded me a little bit of Evil Dead in places as the, well. The um, Bruce Campbell effect, yeah. Yeah, I get <laughs> yeah big time. Big it did time. have that sort of cheesiness. I thought at the end, 
So I, I really liked it. I mean, and Paul, and we, then we get to see Metal Face as well. Um, he gets his comeuppance and stuff like that, but uh, not before he sort of really tries to kill our hero, doesn't he? So is he like yeah, head? Really is gets... he like the head demon then? Well, I'd, do you know what, right? I was thinking about this because you know the woman, the woman with the ginger hair at the start, the major D, is it? And she's like, you think yeah. she's in on it, and she's like setting them all up. I think she might be in on it, and I think this guy might be in on it, and they're like some weird sort of Nostradamus followers or demon followers or whatever what you want to say. And I think what happens is, I'm, I'm doesn't get explained, so I'm just thinking is maybe when it does all kick off that the woman with the ginger hair doesn't actually realise what was going to happen or the brutality of it or the grotesqueness. So she's a bit like, shit, what have I done? Yeah, she gets... And maybe the guy with the metal face is the same. Don't know why he's got a metal face. Hiding part of the demon, maybe? Don't know. It's part of the mask. I would imagine that's just part of the demon mask, isn't it? That's part of him. He's like half demon, half human, maybe. But she kills him in great fashion and then and that's when i thought like, on the rooftop it's going to end but then we get our real heroes <laughs> in the fucking cut in like the jeep um with the swiss all the, family robinson turn. oh my god yeah with all the weapons in the world the lad the dad's driving he, it's, the little son's chewing gum and got a big off shock it's like it's like the, the all-american <laughs> dream turn up in it it's oh, like yeah. what can we do to appeal to americans even more a blonde <laughs> chick with big tits like uh, 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 an American dad, like literally a little kid that looks like he stepped off the set of fucking Happy Days. Fucking is like yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that scene was specific, specifically shot for the American audience because it's just like I think most what? of the film was shot for American yeah. audience. If I'm honest, let's talk about the soundtrack well, then. Come on. Well, the opening <laughs> fucking song to the the movie is fucking from Molly Crew. <laughs> what, what, what more do you want? <laughs> The Scorpions, Billy Idol. They must have paid a lot of money for the, some of these fucking songs. I'm telling you, a lot of money. Because Save Our Souls from Motley Crue is a fucking crazy track. Good track. It was well 80s. It was well, beautiful soundtrack to this. Absolutely. Bang middle in the 80s, mate. Yeah, it fit perfectly. It was great. Absolutely great. Random scenes. Gore was fantastic. Love this. Then you get poor Cheryl. Cheryl's made it all the way, way to the end with George. And you think they're going to ride off into the sunset. And then she turns into a demon. Hang on, what? I didn't see that. That didn't happen in my my cut. It's like a post credit scene. Oh, bugger. Always watch the post credit scenes. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's not, yeah, because the credits start rolling. And then, yeah, she but, like yeah. turns around and she's a demon. And then the kid with the shotgun blows her off the back of the car. <laughs> Fucking hell, I missed that bit. <laughs> and I've and seen then, it, I've seen the thing before, so I've probably, I've definitely seen it, but I, I forgot that. Oops. I've never yeah. seen this. The first watch for me. Oh, good work. Right, do you want some Matt's facts? I'd love some Matt's facts. Bring it on. Do you know what? There weren't a lot about this movie, and I thought there'd be absolute fucking tons. But there isn't, there isn't a lot. There isn't a lot. So, uh, the building used for the exteriors of the uh, Metropole Theatre still stands in Berlin. Um, it's a club called Goya that's been host to several horror conventions thanks to his appearance in this film. Um, the name of the 
Cinema Metropole can be seen as a building in the first Silent Hill video game, which was pretty crazy. I've played that as well. I can't remember that, though. So <laughs> the Coca-Cola scene. Yes. The scene where the cocaine is dropped inside the car and where the characters are picking it back up has been quite a subjective controversy, which led to the scene being censored almost all over the world. So that that obviously got taken out of the movie. So that probably explains a lot and why it didn't get shown. But obviously it's acceptable nowadays. (laughs) Um, This is quite funny. In Germany, this was released. So this was released. The Demon was released as a sequel um, to the second film, which was released first. So part two was first released, and then part one was the See, second release in Germany. I remember, I remember something reading something about that. Yeah. Um, in the lobby of the theatre uh, is a poster for Argento's 1972 film Four Flies on Grey Velvet. That's what you're trying to think of, uh, Butch. Right. All the posters include the 1980s concert film, uh, concert film No Nukes, 1927's Metropolis, uh, an ACDC poster um, for Let There Be Rock, apparently. I don't think there was a Terminator poster. I think you saw Metropolis. Definitely a Terminator one in there, 100%. There, there may well have been, um, for definite, there could have been. Um, so that that's there's not a lot of it, but what about the kill count? Oh, fuck me. I, let me have a guess. 32? Got 25. So I, I, there's conflicting couple of bits, but I actually watched a whole video of where the bloke it literally had a counter, so it's like going ding, ding, ding every time it killed. <laughs> and there is, this is possibly one of the biggest cow, kill counts we've had in a movie. Um, 68 kills. Oh, bloody hell! Apparently, and that is. 0.77 kills per minute of the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a lot of kills. Eight, you... it, the movie's 88 minutes, isn't it? So Yeah. I don't think there's that many I don't think there are that many people in that screen. And maybe there's some other screens, I don't know. But okay, fair it's enough. It's when he's driving around. That was the bit where he's fucking ding 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 ding. He's on that bike. He's just yeah. like fucking stop, 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 everything stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, that's some good facts, man. Mm, yeah. So, are we going to rate this bad boy? I'm excited to hear this. Okay, where are we going first? Matt. For me? Oh. So, first, first time watch. First time watch. Um, I was a bit dubious at the start. I was like, mm, you know, uh, as everyone knows, I'm not a massive Dario Argento fan. I respect what he does. And I know he was a producer on this. I get that. But I was like, the storyline is kind of far-fetched and a bit kind of washy around the edges like it really really is and and, and it, there's a lot of kind of running around and a, and it's scatty as anything it's like a scatty film it's just like all over the freaking shop however that being said fucking hell some of the effects were absolutely second to none they were fucking awesome but absolutely brilliant and i appreciate that side of it and the soundtrack was fucking banging um you know the acting was shoddy as fuck which which give it that lovable edge um but yeah i fucking i really really liked it and eight out of ten breaths for me jordy paul (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sure you guys thought i was gonna destroy this film and 
tell you all to go F yourselves and two out of ten and right off into the sunset. But no, I actually really enjoyed it. I did. Oh, we're winning him round. I think I, we I, are. I, come, I thought they're going to sit there and be like, we've changed Paul. I was like, yeah, all right. But uh, <laughs> it was on the right side of, like I said, the right side of Schlocky. The effects, unreal. Like stuff I've never seen before. Um, and like it just didn't hold back on just taking people out and just going for it. So yeah, I really, really liked it. I was actually going to give it a nine, right? But, but the sound and the dubbing just completely messed with my head all through it. I'd rather watch a film in Italian all the way yeah. through. And then I, I, I just, I, like, it just, uh, yeah, it just lost the run of us and I was just doing my head in a bit. Because obviously the, the script wasn't great. The acting was awful, you know. But yeah, I just think because the dubbing was off as well, it just took me a bit out of it. But still, it was still very, very good. So I, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten too. Oh, for me, it's like it's up there as one of the best horrors, horrors of the 80s. I think it's fantastic. Special effects, awesome sound, you know, soundtracks, incredible. The dubbing pushes my buttons in a way that I just can't control. I just love it. <laughs> it's just done enough to make it so cheesy. And I just think some of the absolute moments in this that just random, the absolute randomness of the script, I think is fantastic. And so, yes, yeah, and it's a nine for me, big time. <laughs> Can I just say and mention it? We didn't mention it in the main review. And I just do. The old guy and his wife were comedy genius, by the way. I just, I've got to mention it where he's like, shut up, shut up. It's like me in the cinema. <laughs> big time. And then she's like, he's just like, it doesn't bother me. He's like, nothing does. And it's like, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. So yeah, shout out to the old guy. Old guy. Maybe it is worth a nine just for that. I don't know. I don't know. What's cracking? Still, you know, Demon gets an eight out of ten. It's probably more of a nine, but whatever. Um, okay, cool. Right. Let's. Uh, this is uh, episode 103. So Paul's going to get his first choice as a full-time member of Draw and Last Breath. So what is your first official pick? You better make this good. Well, oh, the pressure's on, isn't it? This this might be my future as an official member. Um, so I am going to go for, I'm going to go to the 90s. Oh. I'm going to go 95. And some would probably argue it's not a horror film, but hey-ho. I'm going to go for David Finch's Seven. Oh, okay. Oh, nice pick. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm well up for that. Seven, definitely that's definitely a horror man. Jesus Christ, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, we'll go to the nineties and we'll go to one of the best films of the nineties. We'll go seven. So fantastic pick. Good shout, man. Plus, I haven't seen it in fucking years, so be nice to. I think I caught like the last kind of thirty minutes about six years ago. I'm gonna fucking watching this. Yes, I'm I'm gonna sit down and make Sophie watch that. You know, I think that was one of the first DVDs I ever got. It was like South Park, the movie, and Seven. Yeah, well, it's such got... a great film to watch with someone who hasn't seen it before as well. Oh, fuck, for yeah. Yes, oh, yes. VHS. I think I remember having this on. I think I've got the DVD somewhere as well. So where can you watch it if we haven't got it? If we don't own it, I believe Go down it's the fucking on... shop and buy it. I believe it is on Netflix. I thought, to be honest, I thought you would own this. I didn't check. <laughs> I do. I think I'm pretty sure I own it. So I mean, I, my 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 collection's not in alphabetical order at the moment. So it's on Netflix, Paul. It's definitely on Netflix. All right, sweet. If it's on Netflix, though. Kevin Spacey might have uh, been like <laughs> raised out and replaced by someone else. Okay. Well, hang on. Can, you, 
It's Kevin Spacey in the mask. Spoilers. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking episode. All right. Thanks for everyone for listening. Absolutely. hope you enjoyed all that uh, lovely nonsense about demons and uh, Virus 32. Moving on to episode 104. We are going to the cinema to watch Doctor Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We will bring you some more lovely conversations in our Something to Scream About. And Geordie Paul has just pulled out of the vault. Seven. Cannot bloody wait. And that leaves us with only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>